glad that you are here. And didn't that music team do a great job tonight? Give them a hand week after week after week. They come early and prepare. Thank you for your worship tonight. I looked around and I wondered what happened to the crowd tonight. And then I remembered. I announced that we were going to be taking commitments tonight. And so then it explained, it explained it all. I'm glad you are here. I'm glad you didn't run away from commitment. Amen. The Lord's not pleased with folks who have commitment issues. Look at your neighbor and tell him I'm glad that you know how to commit. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Looking forward to next week. It's going to be a great time. Glad to have Brielle Labatt with us tonight. God bless you. Thank you for being with us from IBC. Her family are such dear friends of ours. We love Brother and Sister Labatt and love to see what the Lord is doing in, in their two daughters' lives. Amen. I love young people, young adults. I think I have moved into an age that my ministry and my heartbeat is so connected to young people and young adults like never before. And I am thankful. We have such a great group of young men and young women that are seeking the Lord and seeking the will of God in their lives and future. Several young ministers and those feeling a call to do a work for the Lord. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn with me. I'm going to read from both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm going to begin in Genesis chapter 2 and then to Matthew chapter 16. Genesis chapter 2, reading one verse, verse number 7, and Matthew chapter 16, and reading one verse, verse number 18, both very familiar scriptures that I'm reading tonight, and I pray that the Lord impacts us with his word. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the difference between man and a sandcastle is the breath of God. And man became a living soul. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm glad I am in the church. When the storms of life come, I'm glad I'm in the church. I have a refuge in the church. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Thank you for the church, Lord. By the help of the Lord tonight, I am going to preach a message titled, The Potential of the Church. The Potential of the Church. Lord, help us tonight to speak what you've laid upon our heart. I pray, Lord, that you touch my voice and my throat and my vocal cords tonight. 
to be able to speak what you have put in my spirit. In Jesus' name we ask, amen, amen. The potential of the church. God bless you. You can be seated. This little tool I hold in my hand tonight is probably familiar to a lot of you. You know what this is, right? Well, this is a measuring tape or a tape measure, whatever you want to call it. It comes in different forms. You can get these handy-dandy roll-up type or you can get a yardstick if you choose. All sorts of different kinds of rulers and measuring sticks. Man has kind of become enamored with measuring things. I don't know about you, but my OCD kicks in and I like to have things straight. When my wife tells me to put something on the wall, I've got to go and measure what everything else in the room is. I want to make sure it's the same height and distances between windows and she says, no, over just a little bit, and if I measured it out and it doesn't fit in my measuring tape, I got a problem here. She says, it's artsy, and I say, but it's off-center. Man has always tried to measure the church. They talk about it. They discuss it. They're always measuring the church. As a matter of fact, I'm guessing a lot of my sermons are measured. Oh, of course not. It's always those private text messages that measure them. Or the Facebook innuendos. But we're always measuring. Measuring the church. We're always measuring things. Now, you can measure a man. In some ways, you can measure a man. We understand more about the measurement of man than we understand about the measurement of the church. The church has a lot of potential, and sometimes I think we underestimate the real power and potential of the church. Some folks say, I'm, I'm going to remove myself from the church, thus I'm going to change the impact of the church, and if I can affect two or three others, I can affect the impact of the church. But the truth is, is the ruler's not really in your hand. Because if I understand my text tonight according to Matthew, Jesus says to Peter, I'm the carpenter. And I'm the architect. And I will build my church. So I want us to compare tonight some of the foundational elements of both the measure of man and the measure of the church. The scripture says that God formed man from the dust of the ground, but that he is building a church. So the physical stature of man has been created and designed by God. And he says this is the approximate size of man. And whether you know it or not, I was designed by God a little bit larger than the average. 
Some of you may be a little bit smarter than the average or a little bit prettier than the average or a little smaller than the average. It doesn't make us any greater or any less than somebody else, but we like to measure. We like to measure people. We like to compare churches. How big is your church? Go to camps and conferences. How many of you guys running now? About 16,000. We just hadn't caught all of them. But the Lord is, is building on the church. The church is the one thing. He says, with man I'm going to give you a dimensional size, an approximate size that I'm going to put you. As a matter of fact, he formed man in his own image. But the church, he says, I'm going to leave some potential. I'm designing it so that I'm going to build it until I marry it. So it's going to be in formation. And so I'm going to leave potential in the church so that the church can become greater. If the church decides to make itself greater. So God designed man. We, we can want to be greater or smaller. I have a doctor's appointment in 10 days. I went when I was on the Daniels fast. And the doctor said, I want you to be 10 pounds lighter when you come in. I was at the end of the Daniels fast. We ended the Daniels fast. I've gained six. I got a problem. Ten days, 16 pounds. I might need to talk to some of you for some help. We're always measuring each other. The Lord formed us in His own image. He breathed the breath of life into us. We became a living soul. But the church is a work in progress. He forms man. He breathes his breath into us. And he predestines the church. There's a lot of things about the church. He says, here is what I'm going to design. The church will be my bride. He says, nobody's going to pluck the church out of my hand. I am engaged to it. But I'm going to leave some, some potential in the church and I'm going to leave it up to the church. Man fell into sin because of willful choice. God left that in he left that ability into man's care and he says this is your choice here's what I'd have you do and this is what I don't want you to to do but mankind fell. The church has remained true through the test of time. Let me help you. The church cannot fail. Man sinned in the garden because of what we decided to do. But the church, he predestined. Meaning the church can't fail. 
I'm not leaving the potential of the church to fail. I will have a church. I will have a body. Now, a church on so-and-so street can leave and go into false doctrine and can fail. A member of the church can walk away from God and they can fail. But the church, either you're going to be in the church and you're part of the predestined body of Christ or you can fail. So the church does not have the potential to fail. Christ died to redeem mankind. He ascended upon high to prepare a place for His bride to live with Him. The instrument that God chooses to restore humanity is not just a message because a message has to have a messenger and a messenger can fail. God's instrument to restore humanity wasn't a lone preacher because a preacher has to have ears that will hear and the preacher must be sent and the preacher can be prone to failure. But he left the church's word that cannot fail. Does this make any sense to you? So God chooses to create a spiritual organism by which will stand the test of time and the changes brought on earth by man. That spiritual organism is called the church. Not the name over the door. But the church. Not a building but the church. Now let me help you with a few things. The church wasn't formed in Rome. The church was founded in the book of Acts. It was paid for on the cross. See, Jesus was a cash customer. He paid for it. Before he even started building it. We became, become part of the apostolic church by engaging in the keys that gave us the inheritance into the kingdom. That is the new birth experience. As men we find that there is available to us many things that can measure our status. I'm six foot one, weigh well over 250 pounds, wear a size 12 shoe. My IQ is, I don't know, slightly below average. Unless I believe those Facebook posts. Woo, I'm smart then. And I'm a man that has faith because God's given every man a measure of faith. So you can describe me. You can measure me and you can put these things together by likes and dislikes. Now the Bible says you can't add anything to your stature. 
and you can't take anything away. I think he was against dieting. It just kind of is what it is. But I do believe that God can increase our measure as men. For example, the measure of faith to give $5 requires a certain level of faith. Don't get tight on me because I started talking about money. It takes a measure of faith to give $5. It takes another measure of faith to give your last $5. Whole different level. And to give $5,000 is a whole nother level. God expects us to grow in our faith. It didn't start at a level, but there is a level to grow. If we can understand and grasp where, what I'm trying to say to us tonight, that God has put within the church the potential to not only grow numerically, but to grow in faith. Because faith is one of those things that He did not put a cap on. My stature is capped. My potential through my faith is limitless. But now I want to focus for a little bit tonight on the, on the potential of the church. The church is not measured by the local congregation. Because the church is the bride of Christ. A local congregation is not measured just on numerical value, things that you see. There are small churches all over the world that have given birth to worldwide ministries. Little churches are the beginning of mega churches. But if the little church never makes headlines in revival growth, there is still within the smallest church a measure of unspeakable power. Potential that God has put there. But it is really up to us what the church is going to become. The Lord says, I will build it. I will be the architect. I will be the designer. I will build it. He came about it in several different ways. He says, the field is white and ready for harvest. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that He would send people into the church. Or did He? We get it wrong there. We pray, God, send revival. Send folks to the church. It's not what he said. He said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into the harvest field because the fields are ripe and ready to harvest. My house is full. The potential is there. But the field 
is where the harvest is. My field is empty. The house is full. The field is empty. The potential for revival is here. But the issue is I've got to get people out of the house. And into the field. Now we can talk about what a single man can do for God. And it is amazing what people can do. We just buried one of the greatest revivalist missionaries of all times. Just a few weeks ago, his name was Benny DeMerchant. Brother DeMerchant was a long time, 55-year career missionary who passed away. Brother DeMerchant flew in to areas that only could only arrive to by plane, landed in rivers, went up and down the Amazon with tracks and flyers and holding meetings in houses and persecuted and arrested and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. But today, people all over the world know who this one man is because of the impact that he chose to make. We can talk about what one man can do for the Lord and it's noteworthy and it's worthy of accolades. But when we start talking about what the church can do, what I want you to understand tonight is the potential of the church is infinite. The potential of the church is much greater than what our mind can imagine. There is no mathematical equation that can summarize and arrive at a grand total of what the church really is or can be. Someone said to me some time ago, I believe we can be a church of 300. That doesn't take much faith when our membership is already 286. But it's a whole new level of faith when people start talking about us being a church of 500. But what I'm trying to preach to you tonight is take the limits off of God. Why limit the church to 500? Because if we say God can build this church in the little city of Frankfurt to 500, we're putting a limit on God. Because he said, I'm willing to build the church. If you're willing to have the faith to believe, to put some actions with your faith. Because it's not the measure of the church. It's not about how many we have numerically. But the church is about how many are going to engage in what God is wanting to do. 500 is just a number. We could be there in a year. Or six months. Or next week. If every member brought one member, we would shatter. If every member, if every member brought one person next week, we can ring the 500 bell. But we live at God. But talking about, well, by my calculations, by my summary, 
You're not the architect, nor the builder. We're the laborers. But the builder says that his church has the potential to become whatever you want it to become. If I understand this right, the potential of the church is up to the willingness of the labors. I'll do the building. You will reap what you sow. Oh, we like to use that when we're talking about when somebody said something to us. But can we turn it on to evangelism? We will reap what we sow. <laughs> you can't outgive God. You can't outwork God. I feel the Holy Ghost up in here tonight. I know we're not swinging off of chandeliers. We don't have any to swing from. Can I share this with you? Three or four weeks ago, it was about 28 degrees out. And Spencer went out to Lebanon and he was knocking doors. Sunday before, he was a little discouraged. We had no guest. He was out knocking doors. He went to trailer parks that his mom was afraid for him to go and his dad. He had a couple guys come from that trailer park. My wife said, where did they come from? Spencer said, that, that's some of the trailer park I went to on the 28-degree day. My wife said, if that, they came from there, stay out of there. They need to be saved, but let somebody, let your dad, brothers, and three men in the church go with you next time. So he's out knocking doors. He shows up Sunday. Saturday afternoon, I got a phone call from a pastor. The pastor said, Pastor Jordan, I hear you guys are doing a work in Lebanon. Yes. I have somebody that moved. They're not saved. Way away from God. But they moved to Lebanon. They can't drive to the church anymore. And I want to get them connected with somebody. I need the address, the time, and the location. Not one person from the doors that were knocked came. But God said, I see the sincerity of the heart and the willingness of somebody to go out on a 28-degree day and knock on doors. I'm going to link somebody. And on Sunday morning, six people came in, and they have been faithful. They were there today. And I believe that we're going to see them baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, doing a work for the Lord. Just give it time. Because when you cast your bread upon the water, it will return. And it will not return void. But it will return in measures that are pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Unified people with passion, purpose, and commitment multiplied by the power of God equals the potential of the church. So for all you mathematic people, go ahead and write it down and figure it out. And for those of you who are worried about those who don't want to make a commitment, don't worry about it. Because the potential of the church is caught up 
in those who are unified with passion, purpose, and commitment. Because without all three, nothing's going to happen. But when we unify in passion, purpose, and commitment, get ready. Because the power of the Holy Ghost is going to come in. And when you connect that with the power of God, it's going to equal the potential of the church. And no Richter scale going to be able to, to, to identify the amount of power that is in that potential. Even Jesus Christ Himself and His ministry in the church. Even Jesus said what the church would do are greater things than what He even did. I'm not making this up. Oh, you want it? Greater things than these shall you do. In my name you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on, I could go ahead and preach on a little bit. What I'm telling you tonight is that the potential of the church is greater than even the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not me. I'm not. But the potential of the church is greater than the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe. That if 120 received the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, which they did, and 3,000 is added to the church the next day, and several instances where 3 and 5,000 are added to the church, that those who are skeptical of reports of revival of hundreds, thousands, ten thousands, or hundreds of thousands have never received a real revelation of the potential of the modern day church. Because the Bible says in the last days. I may not be encouraging anybody, but I'm about to preach myself into a faith fit right now. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all, 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 red, yellow, black, white, poor, rich. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. The potential of the church is beyond our comprehension. In Acts chapter 2, we see the power of God poured out on men. And we see what happened when the power of God fell on men. When the power of God fell on men, the church was born. So without men and without the power of the Holy Ghost, you don't have a church. I've been asked, do you live in any fear? You know, I know these Big mega churches with hundreds of millionaires are linking their funds together and they're moving into areas and they're establishing these mega churches and they're just draining all the churches. Are you worried about it? All those millionaires with all their money can build a great facility. But there's a group of people that want to be part of the church. Because without the power of the Holy Ghost, 
You just got a meeting. You just got a good daycare program. You just have good music and entertainment. But the church of the living God will be built upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the church will always prevail the test of time. There will always be a church that will stand for the preaching of the gospel of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost and separation from the world. There will always be a church. The church was born. But the potential of the church was so great that it could not be contained within one man. That's why he says we're one body, but we're many members. He describes it in another way like this. He says, we are a building that is fitly framed together. That's why God created the collective body called the church. Because you or I cannot possibly hold within ourselves the potential that He wanted to put in the church. If so... That would allow us to be able to determine whether the church is going to go on or not. Whether the church is going to have revival or not. That would allow terrorists to rise in the church and destroy the church. But God said, I'm not going to do that because my power is too great. I will not allow one man to be the church. I'm I'm going to call preachers to be the overseer of the church. But he's not going to even be the church. The potential of the church is greater than I am, my ministry, my abilities, my creative team, all the people that are around me, my staff, my ministers. All The potential of the church is greater than any of us because it's His church. And He says, I'm going to put people in my church according to my plan and according to my will to give them an unstoppable potential. I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm preaching tonight. The power of God and His intention for the purpose and the future of the church was so broad in perspective that He said it cannot even be contained in one form of ministry. So He gave gifts. Everybody say gifts. Unto men. To some he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers. And he gave them to the church for the work of ministry. For the perfecting of the saints. For the edifying of the body of Christ. He said, as a matter of fact, I'm going to create such potential. And I'm going to be so clear that I'm not even going to put all of this in. One man may carry more than one of the fivefold ministries. I would dare to say that if any, very few have carried a fivefold 
ministry. Because God has chosen to prove that the potential of the church is so great that one man cannot even dictate the future of the church. Or two or three is not even going to dictate the future of the church. But I'm putting such potential in the church that just the direction and leading of my church is going to be done from a five-fold ministry. Oh, I'm preaching good to you tonight. When the Spirit of God fell on the churches, they were planted all over the region of Jerusalem. They fell in Judea, Samaria. There were Jews and Samaritans, Gentiles. It fell in, in Ephesus, in, in Philippians, in, in, in Corinth, in, uh, in, in uh, the world at large. Everywhere, revival began to spring out. It was in single houses, in small towns, in big cities. In small cities and large, there is something miraculous that happens when the power of God touches the heart of common men. Because we cannot even contain it. That's why the weeping prophet said, I would rather cry about it, but it's like fire. That shut up in my bones. When the power of God. When the real potential of God touches you. And sweeps over your life. It's going to change even your nature. Jeremiah normally would cry over it. But he said it's like fire. Because the potential of his church is so great. That even your personality can't contain it. doesn't matter if you're at a home mission church in Lebanon, Lafayette, or somewhere around the world. The little home missions church has access to the same power that the church of 3,000 has access to. The potential of the little church is just as great as the potential of the big church. Because God designed it so that He said it's not going to be according to your will, but according to your faith. You want to know what the potential of this church is? It would be the total calculated number of your of the Richter scale of your faith. Because if you've got faith enough to believe God for it and trust God with it and get out and work it and do everything you can, God says, I've got the ability to perform it. If you can believe God for it and will reach for it, God will perform it. Somebody give God a shout of praise. I've got to hurry. Jesus gave the church a purpose greater than his own ministry. Jesus gave the church power to change the entire world. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's more than signing a commitment card. It's more than public confession. It's more than praying the sinner's prayer. It's more than the promise of the Spirit. 
It's more than the infilling of the Holy Ghost even evidenced by speaking with other tongues. But the potential that God puts within you is so unlimited that there's one thing He said. Your faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. If you can dream it and pray for it and believe God for it and work for it, I will perform it. Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and hell can't even prevent it from happening. When John talked about the Holy Ghost, he called it the baptism of Christ. Here's why. Because we preach baptism is submersion. Right here. That's not baptism. That's just a little sprinkle. That's just a little dab. Cole, you mad at me? Not cold, sorry. The potential that God puts within you is greater than just a little sprinkle. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, everybody say filled. When it is filled, They brought me tonight a partial glass of water. But they didn't fill it up. It's close. It's way up here. I don't like it much more than that in there. It's hard to handle. Because if it's filled, the issue is, is if I touch it, it spills over. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it doesn't take much. And it spills over. John called it the baptism of Christ. Peter called it the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because when you get it, You want to be immersed in it. It consumes who you are. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. My old ways have passed away, but everything in my future is going to be brand new. My purpose is new. My potential is new. My way of life is new. Because now I have been added to the church. And when he saves you, he doesn't add to the church without saving you. And he doesn't save you without adding you to the church. But when he saves you, he adds you to the church. And your potential, baby, is so much greater than anything you could possibly imagine. 
And if you haven't been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight. Because if you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, one, one writer said it like this, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You can't contain it because what God puts in you is greater than your capacity to contain it. He says what I'm going to do in my church is going to be so great that it's not going to be able to be housed within man. I'm going to create an organism called the church that is just going to spill over. What do you want your church to be? Go after it. Get the faith for it. Start working for it. Start reaching for it. Because according to your faith, so be it unto you. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Stand to your feet with me right now. Lift your hands toward heaven all over the building. And why don't you begin to cry out to the Lord right now. And ask the Lord to baptize us with fresh anointing baptize us with a fresh baptism of his spirit come on lift your voice right now lift your voice and call on the name of the lord if you're here tonight and you have never received the baptism of the holy ghost I want you to know it's for you. Now for the church. If you're here tonight and it's been a long time since your cup has ran over, you need to get refreshed. Because I'm going to prophesy tonight that the potential and future of this church is going to be greater than any of our imaginations. Two or three days before he passed, our late bishop, one of the last conversations I had with him, standing by his bed, when he took me by the hand and looked at me, he said, listen to me, you're building too small. He said, because God showed me. I told my wife back then, I said, I'm never going to tell this to the church. Because they're just going to think that it's all pie in the sky stuff. He said, Philip, I'm Brother Jordan. I want to be saved. He said, the Lord showed me in the location where you are. He showed me a mega church with multiple ethnicities worshiping together. And I said, that's great, Brother Price. If God tarries, the ministry of this church is going to keep going on. He said, listen to me. You were in the pulpit. When God showed it to me, I believe it's going to happen in your life. He said, I'm going to be gone, but carry this thing on. I come tonight to declare in the name of the Lord. I don't even know what mega church means, but I know what the word potential means.
And we have the potential to be a new definition of what apostolic churches ought to be. In the little city of Frankfurt, I believe God is raising up a church of people who are going to commit to revival and commit to a harvest of souls and commit their lives to the work and ministry of the Lord. From this place, ministries are going out. Evangelists are going out. Missionaries are going to go out. From this place, from this assembly, we're planning churches. We're not done. This is just the beginning. I originally said God gave me four places to start churches and we are already at two of them. I'm way too young to limit God like that. Maybe we ought to plant a dozen or two dozen. I've got five or six young men ready to move forward and start their training for licensing with the United Pentecostal Church. Thank God. They're going to plant churches. They're going to fill up the churches. Evangelists are going to go forth. Missionaries are going to go forth. Singers are going to go forth. Musicians are going to go forth. Prayer workers and labors are going to go forth. According to your faith. Somebody lift up your hands right now. you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you ought to step out from where you are right now. The waters are troubled. God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost without a shadow of a doubt. The water's stirred. If you're here tonight and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you ought to run up here right now because it's not going to be a tarrying service. It's going to happen right now. I sense it in the Holy Ghost. If you make a move, it's up to you. But the potential is here. If it's been a while since you have spoken in other tongues, you ought to run up here right now because the water is troubled and the potential is here. It's up to you. If you need a miracle in your life, you ought to throw up your hands right where you are. Somebody next to you is going to lay hands on you right now. Let the Holy Ghost begin to flow through the body right now. In the name of Jesus.